0: is back and we are assessing the transfer market, title race and giving you a little bit of trivia too. I'm Chloe Beresford, this is the One Football Podcast and I'm joined by Podrick Whelan. We thought we might start with a little brief introduction to why we really love Serie A. So Podrick, do you want to kick us off and and tell us why you're a big fan of the Italian
1: League? Um, Yeah, I think part of it, I don't know if it comes from just when uh, you grow up in Scotland and have Irish uh, heritage or whatever, then you resent the Premier League a little. I don't know if that's got something to do with it. But, um, yeah, it's just it's more than, like, the league itself. I think it's just the whole kind of country probably similar to you, I think, where it's like the kind of whole Italian culture and not just the league but the, the places and the language and the... Everything else, the food, all that, obviously. But I think Italy probably more than any other league. There's a real um, respect for like all the history and the tradition that maybe you don't see um, in a lot of other places. So I just, yeah, obviously like fell in love. With it. I kind of was maybe a little too late for the the Channel Four era in, in the UK and in Ireland where it was it was plastered all over there. But then. Uh, I kind of just came at the tail end of that and you had, obviously, a strong Milan team um, we'll getting to Champions League finals and all that, Uv obviously, and then you the World Cup in 2006 that they win. So, yeah, it all kind of snowballed um, and from there for me. Uh, personally, I don't know if that kind of echoes your one or not somewhat uh, in that regard.
0: Yeah, um, I guess a bit like you, um, because my team is a... Uh, not a Premier League team, so when I I sort of went to watch my team on a Saturday, um, and then on a Sunday I was looking for something to watch, and I wasn't really all that caught by the Premier League. And then mm. on a Sunday, obviously you had the 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 Channel Four, um, and also there was a a sort of a, a little whisper in my family of a of a little story that um, my great granddad was a footballer. And there was a little whisper that he'd played against Fiorentina back in the 1930s. Yeah. And that my dad sort of, um, he he passed away quite early and he never really talked about his football career. And my dad sort of did some research and found out he had actually played against Fiorentina. Um, it was in 1934 and it was the same stadium where they are now. Um and he he'd actually scored at the Frankie um and the Italy World Cup team, uh, who were due to play in that in Italy in thirty-four just a bit later that summer, um, were all sat on the sidelines watching. So we like oh. I not know, we we sort of slowly uncovered this story. Um, and then we went to Florence because obviously it's the same stadium to see where he'd played and we kind of made yeah. friends. And, um, yeah, that's that's really how it happened for me. Um,
1: that That is that is as good a, a story to get into anything I think, <laughs> as you can get, probably. And uh, you were a fan of Torino, right? Yes, yes. So we're both united, if nothing else. Absolutely, no rivalries dislike here. dislike of a a certain other club but yeah and that's obviously the the of the, the friendship obviously between Torino and Fiorentina, which is still one of my uh, most heartbreaking football memories was the the last day of the season when Fiorentina basically gave Torino a penalty in the last minute to like go on secure European football and uh yeah yeah Alessio Church yeah, <laughs> wasn't quite in on it but uh yeah they tried their bit so yeah I was happy with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and I think, you know, that Torino ties in with that kind of that that history as well doesn't it you said you like the oh, yeah. history of the clubs and everything torino is is that kind of club um so we'll we'll get on with what we're going to discuss, which is looking at some of the uh, moves in the transfer window. Um, we're going to start with Inter, who incidentally play Spezia on Saturday evening. And on One Football, we have the live coverage of that game for users in the UK and Ireland. And that's going to be every Saturday night going forward. And we're lucky enough to have some highlights of Serie A too. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. Um, but what do you think of Inter's transfer window I mean they've kind of had to they obviously well documented financial issues and they've had Mm -hmm. to try and cut back but I mean obviously the big one is is getting Lukaku back right
1: yeah yeah I think that's that is going to be exciting for sure um having him back in the league but you look at the rest of the business and they kind of seem to be standing still almost a little I think Lukaku's obviously you know you know what you're going to get with him and he was, he was obviously excellent in his first spell um, and had a great partnership with Lotaro, but yeah, you would be kind of concerned and I think even after the first game of the season Nzaghi seemed to be a little annoyed already and was kind of talking about how the other clubs around them have, have strengthened quite well whereas uh, all he's got is Lukaku pretty much but I mean that is that's still a, quite a big outlay for, for Inter to bring him back and uh, on I mean, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure if he'll if he'll actually get an opportunity soon to to maybe um, challenge Handanovic or even take over and become the number one. So that's that's maybe an interesting one as well. But apart from, apart from those two, and Mkhitaryan, it's yeah, like you say, it's it's been I guess fairly quiet. But that that's the headline one. I mean, I don't know if you if you think that they can that that will improve. I mean, if you if you didn't win the league last season. I don't know, is, is Lukaku going to be enough um, to to win the title again this season? I don't know, I'm not, not quite so sure. No,
0: no. It, I guess it depends how many he scores and I think they've kind of been happy with, they've had so many players linked with moves, you know, uh, mm. Scriniar and Dumfries and, and lots of the other, uh, Bastoni as well, which he very quickly came out and said, no, 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 I'm staying at Inter. So that all died down very quickly, but... As a as a fan, you'd have to think Inter fans are, are, are not so satisfied with. Well, we've kept hold of our players. It's not really a very exciting window just to say, well, nobody's left. And and obviously yeah, the window yeah. is still open, isn't it? So we don't know for sure that nobody else is going to leave. So
1: yeah, I mean that's a good point. Though, that I mean, I guess even if they are just standing still, they're not any weaker. And because, like you say, all three of the. Of the back three, the the big names that they could probably a lot of interest in, and they could maybe get good money for, especially Skriniar and Bastoni. I mean, if they do manage to keep hold of them into the the last week of the window, I guess that is still it's still good, but it's obviously better than than losing them. But if they're not going to do anything else signing wise, at least yeah, I guess they do have to keep keep hold of those, or you would be worried yeah, defensively.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if we're looking at uh. A title push. Obviously, the champions Milan. They're they're another club who haven't really done an awful lot in the window, aren't they? I mean, they've brought in De Catalare, but um, apart from that, um, I've I've heard a few little grumbles going on from Milan fans that they've not really strengthened all that much.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Actually, um, I thought they would have done done a little bit more business, to be honest, than they have. I mean, I think Origi's a good signing um as a striker and I'm, I'm really like excited and looking forward to seeing uh like you said the Ketarari's the the big one and um I've like saw bits of him before but it's when you hear people that are a bit more familiar with him and talking about how I mean this guy there is probably fair comparisons with just how he dribbles, how he moves and all that kind of thing to Kaká. so that I mean if you can kinda of get anyone even close to, to that level and not like was it Gurkov? That was the big. He was supposed to be the big replacement when he left, and it didn't quite work out. And they've probably never really replaced him, like with a a real number ten. Um, so yeah, if he if he can be the player that I guess people think he is, then that's going to be a really exciting addition for the league. But yeah, except, except from that, I think you're right. I think it's. Fair. I mean, the rest of the business is just kind of making like Florenzi and Messias and these guys just bringing bringing those guys in permanent deals, but. I thought I would have expected a little more. Um, I know they've spent good money on that Ethelarion, but yeah, I thought they might have done a little bit more business just to, to keep the rest at bay, especially when, I mean, we'll probably get onto it, but some of the other clubs even a little lower down have, have really strengthened.
0: Yeah, um, I think, you know, I guess a feature of... Pioli's teams are like their sort of togetherness and team spirit, and you yeah, could see absolutely. you could see that a lot last season when they won the title, couldn't you? That he'd he'd really got them to pull together, um, and maybe keeping that core together is is part of his plan to defend the title. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. It it was a a bit of a the first the first round, I think, was a bit it didn't really tell us much because all the top eight won. So yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah. well, we were none the wiser than we were before the first round. So um, maybe this weekend, especially Milan with a tough fixture against Atalanta, maybe we'll find out a little bit more um, about what these sides are, are sort of really all about. Mm. Um, one team that has brought in quite a lot of players is obviously Juve. Um, what, do you, what do you think of what they've done this summer?
1: Yeah, I think it's been really impressive, actually. Um, you know, they've got uh, pretty much the best defender in the league. I think like it's heartbreaking to lose Bremer across the city, but yeah, yeah it's a great bit of business um, in that regard. With Chiellini leaving, he's like perfect replacement, almost slots right in, ideally, um, and maybe more so for, for Delict. I was quite surprised that they were as happy to let him go, but I mean, I guess the money that they got, and he could reinvest it elsewhere. And then, yeah, you've got the kind of marquee signings, the two free agents, Pogba and Di Maria, but obviously Pogba, we don't know when when he'll quite make his second debut, um, if that's the right term, with him being out injured, and Di Maria, who had a really good debut, and then he's got injured as well. Mm. So it's, it's a bit worrying, I guess, in that regard, that those guys injured so early. But, I mean, if they're fit, then they're going to be really... Two more like really just exciting additions to the league, especially Pogba if he if he can yeah. play like the the Pogba we saw the exactly. first time, yeah. Then then they've got a player and then yeah. I mean, uh, Philip Kostic from from Frankfurt I think is an amazing bit of business, especially when you think like was it last summer he almost joined Lazio and there was that crazy story about they left the Letter L out of the oh, email address right. or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, so he that's your offer, through, yeah, yeah, I never, <laughs> never went through. So, I mean, their loss, uh, UV's gain, and then I mean, they've even done good business getting the likes of I know they've probably paid a bit just to, to get him out the door, but even the wages and stuff that Aaron Ramsey yeah. was on and to kind of manage to, to offload him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, I don't know if you, if you think that they could. Probably an argument to be made that they've done the best business um, out of anyone so far, and I mean, I get they probably still need more as well. I don't know, like a, another striker. I'm sure would, would um, be the thing that a lot of UV fans, I guess, would would still want with Chiesa still out injured, and like you don't get know with an injury like that, how long it will take him as well when he gets back. So. Yeah, an amazing window, and yeah, could probably still get a lot better.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it could still be more to come from them. I think, you know, maybe um, one thing I might point to is the fact that there are still players that they could get rid of. Um, I think Alexandro and uh, Juan Cuadrado, they're mm-hmm. probably past their best for a, a club that are trying to be at the the very top level. Um, and I think with Allegri, there's a, a big temptation to kind of go back to the familiar players, the players that he knows. Um, yeah. So I think that's maybe one to sort of look out for. Um, do,
1: you, do you see it though after like the business in the summer and how like how bad they were compared to how reliable they often are? Do, do you like really count them this season then as that they'll be in the? The title shake up because they never really got no. close and every time you thought they were going to get close last season they kind of fell away again
0: for me bringing Allegri back was a, a big mistake I think that uh-huh. um, you know I think that they they tried to sort of play, play progressive football by bringing in Sari. they didn't give him long enough and there yeah. was obviously a sort of a clash with Ronaldo there as well Then they brought in Pirlo, who seemed to be doing well, but again, he needed time. He was a brand new coach. Um, And they kept like starting these projects and not finishing them. And then they just went back to Familiar Allegri, who they got rid of him because his style of football was outdated. And then they've brought him back like three years later when it's even more outdated and it it's not um positive enough or attacking enough it's 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 sitting back and passing across the back where like that kind of football is gone nowadays and and especially if they want to kind of make progress in the champions league that i don't think that's the the right way to go about it personally yeah yeah um but yeah i think maybe in serie a especially with the they've got some more sort of flair players who can who can take it and do things like by themselves, that they they could
1: yeah almost challenge. off the cuff yeah, yeah especially yeah.
0: against the smaller sides I think yeah you know um one team that kind of worries me a little bit is um, Napoli because mm-hmm. the last of the Maurizio Sarri kind of crew have gone with uh, Mertens Insigne and Koulibaly. and it it this happened to Fiorentina a few years ago where they kind of just broke up a whole team and there were no kind of leaders left uh, and brought in a load of kind of random players and they didn't really make a cohesive unit and that kind of worries me about napoli that yeah okay they've they've brought in some decent players but none of that core is there and so who yeah. who who is the leader of that side
1: yeah that, that's a really good comparison actually the the fiorentina one i think because it's the same kind of thing where, yeah, you're looking at all these experienced players, but quality players not only in the pitch, but, like, leaders, like like you said, Mertens and Senior Koulibaly, probably the, the three biggest personalities in that dressing room. And, yeah, when you look at the the ones who've been brought in to to replace them, I mean, I know uh, Kim Min-Jay had a, an amazing debut and Spalletti was kind of comparing them to Koulibaly and stuff, and you're like, whiff. Well, one game early days and Cavaret uh, Scalia, I think. I think hopefully that's right. Or yeah, I think they're I, they're calling him. He's he's asked people to call him Cavara anyway. Hasn't yeah. It? So maybe maybe think, go with yeah, that one. Yeah,
0: it's a bit simpler, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, to to go with that. But he, he looks. He obviously looks a really really exciting player. And yeah, um, like just I think he'll be, he'll be if nothing else, he'll be a really exciting player just to watch out in the wing. I, I mean, tough shoes. Uh, stepping into with senior obviously replacing him, but he's obviously a different kind of player. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. He's still just 21, and he's he's already like really highly regarded. And then I guess you over the next few days, I mean, well, Simeone's gone through, and that's that's official. It's another, I guess, decent Serie A mm-hmm. um, kind of. He's a
0: kind of a, like a, a 14 goalish striker, isn't he? Yeah, something, exactly. Something like that.
1: You, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, I think he's. He's probably that perfect, yeah, he's never probably going to finish among the top three, four goal scorers in the league, but he is a reliable output every year, and then I think we're more expected to follow um, in the next few days, so the window obviously could could still finish on a high for them, but so far, I, I, I'm with you, I, I, I really agree that I think it's been a little underwhelming when you see the names that have gone out compared to the ones coming in, but I mean, you can't accuse uh, De Laurentiis of not spending though either, because some of these players that's good money being being spent on them. And even the guys like in Dombalay who's who's gonna come in on loan, it's still a considerable um whack of his wages and stuff that we're playing. So Yeah. I mean, Yeah, it's yeah, I think it's a really weird There's nothing of
0: wrong, I don't think, with the signings that they've brought in. Um it's just for me, it's like you can't run a football club like it's football manager. You can't just <laughs> yeah. you know, you can't yeah. just replace um like names on a team sheet you have to have a some kind of togetherness you have to have a cohesive unit and and you can't just like ship everybody out that's been there for years and just start again I mean look at the um Milan side that won won all those trophies and they all got old at the same time didn't they and then yeah um yeah. it's taken them what like over 10 years to kind of get that Get that back going, and they're, they're probably they're not obviously they're not anywhere near that level um, that they were yeah. either. Still, so I think that there, there is obviously Napoli won very convincingly at the weekend, but it's just a question mark for me as to how Spalletti can get them all to gel and get them firing as a team.
1: It's sort of yeah. as the season goes on. Especially you talk about like gelling as well. I mean, I just looked at the starting lineup for the first game of the season, and it's. It's a real mix of nationalities, mm. that team as well. You have like players from like Georgia and South Korea and Mexico and Italians, obviously, in the team and stuff. So that's, I guess even that's a challenge yeah. for a coach. It's, what, like, what language to... are they speaking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. I'd love to know.
0: They
1: might... If they've picked up the Neapolitan, uh, <laughs> the local dialect already. Might be a lot of <laughs> pointing going on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. um, Okay. another um, interesting club uh, is going to be Roma, obviously.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um,
0: I'm just, you know, I I think they were a little I was really looking forward to watching them um, on Sunday night last week. And I think because they were playing Salernitano, they were a little bit underwhelming, but it looked very hot and yeah. um, yeah. Salernitana are the kind of team that are trying to stop you from playing. So I don't think we saw the best of them, did we? Um, but um, what what do you think to their summer and their sort of title aspirations?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the words people are like kind of daring to use with them now, isn't it? Mm. Like speaking about the title, and I think uh, well, Mourinho's obviously trying to play it down a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you, you look at the business, like... Uh, Dybala, like a lot of teams, well, well, he had a lot of interest in him and then it kind of, I guess it came down to the money and who was willing to stump up, but bringing him in and if they can keep him fit, then that's that's an unbelievable addition to, to the attack that's already, um, you've got like Tammy Abraham who's a guarantee, like at least 15 goals um, this season. Matic looks like, you know, if nothing else, Mourinho knows him well, mm-hmm. be I mean, reliable presence in midfield. Wijnaldum, I think, is a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, like if he can play like the Wijnaldum we saw at Liverpool, they've got a real player in their hands. But he's just had a, a lost year at PSG almost. So wonder how long maybe it'll take him to to get up to speed. And then even outside of the guys that they they've sold, I think keeping Saniolo was just was just a great bit of business. I mean, I, I really didn't see him being there next season. I thought. Um, after winning the conference league and it almost seemed like a, a goodbye and there was the UV rumours throughout the summer and yeah, like the first game of the season, like you said, against Silhonitana underwhelming a little but he he was really on it. Um mm-hmm. he probably could have had a hat trick, could have had more. He just kept seeming to miss miss the post or miss chances by like really fine margins. So yeah, keeping him and if he's another one, a bit like Debala, I guess, if he can stay fit. Um then it's just yeah it looks like a, a really really exciting squad i'm not quite sure what to expect from them. I, I don't know if i'm if i'm all in on the the scudetto or the the title challenge when i don't uh, if you want to commit to, <laughs> to to you're you're braver than me I, I really don't know it's it's so hard to it judge it's hard think, because the they
0: have been in the last quite a quite a number of years they've been very erratic haven't they roma um, Oh, yeah, yeah and even though they won the conference league last season which you know I think was an important hurdle to get over which was winning some winning a trophy I think that they, they weren't great in the league obviously because they prioritized mm-hmm. that that run so it is it is difficult to because they have got that tendency to be a bit uh wildly well inconsistent really um yeah, yeah. if they you know, if the crowd, if the I think the crowd have a a big influence on the way the team plays. If the crowd get really behind them, like we saw with DiBala's unveiling, and they really
1: yeah, all pull in this, I know, yeah. really
0: all pulling the same way, then we could see them. We we could see them do well. But again, I think that's what makes Serie A exciting, isn't it? Because
1: yeah,
0: um, it it's a fine line between genius and madness isn't it with, with all the it teams really is. yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly it's, it won't take much and yeah I think you're right like I think Serie A is always going to be more fun to watch when I guess like in the 90s when they had you almost had like seven teams challenging but I mean like if Roma you, you want Roma and, and Lazio and Napoli and Fiorentina as well like you want all these teams to be challenged at the top but particularly I think like Roma is one that um I guess even for neutrals, I don't know with Mourinho anymore, but they seem like the kind of team that people would get behind just to break up the, that monopoly almost mm. from the, the north. You, you, um, I, yeah, I, 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 like you say, I think if, if they can if they can get the fans behind them, because the scenes for Deba was incredible, and then they, they sold out a, a game in pre season when I mean so often you see league games and quite big league games at the Olympico in the past, and Roma aren't selling out. Yeah. And, Selling out games in pre-season, it so I think you're right that the fans seem absolutely behind the project, behind Mourinho. Now um, it's just yeah, it's about doing the doing the talking and the pitch. Exactly,
0: now. exactly. Um, and you mentioned Lazio there uh, across the other the other part of the city. Now for me, this is Maurizio Sarri's second season, which you know he wasn't given at Chelsea, he wasn't given at Juve, um, and. It seems to me that his very specific style of play uh, takes time. He improved every year when he was at Napoli. Um, and he's actually, uh, if you look at Lazio's squad, last year he had mostly Simone and Zaghi's players players um, from before. But now yeah, yeah. they really have brought in a lot of new faces. I saw that he um, personally requested Matthias uh, Vecino from Inter. And he's exactly the kind of player that is a sorry player. He's like not a big mm-hmm. name, but yeah. he he will do his job exactly as he's instructed to. So I don't know what you think, but for me, Lazio like they could be a bit of a dark horse this season.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point. Like Vecino probably sums up the window. You know, I think if if you look at the, the guys that they've brought in. Um, I guess a lot of them, you you wouldn't count them as household names and, and some have obviously come in from, from outside of, of Syriac quite a lot, I guess, of the, the marquee ones, like the new goalkeeper um, from Granada, although he <laughs> had maybe one of the worst debuts de- yeah. you're ever going to have, getting sent off, I think, six minutes. That's right, it? yeah. Um, yeah, but and then obviously they bounced back and, and won the first game, but he's obviously a goalkeeper who's been recruited. I can't say I know a lot about him or I've watched a lot of him before, but recruited to kind of kick-start the attacks, play the, like you said, the way Sari wants them to play, and I think that goes for probably all the rest of the players that they've signed as well, that even if you don't recognise them, clearly players that he has specifically requested to play that specific way that, yeah, we know um, the way that he plays and what he asks for um, from all these players, so I I think you're right about being a dark horse, I mean, I'm not... With Roma, I'm not quite sure what to expect, but with Lazio, I'd be quite disappointed if they're probably not mounting um, a challenge to really break into the top four. Mm. And if not, I guess if nothing else with Sari, you're going to get good football. um, At least there'll be a year further on or the new players will be adjusting it quickly because it's interesting that I suppose a lot of, not a lot, but he's also gotten rid of um, maybe some of the players not so well suited, like Lucas obviously a bit older and mm-hmm. and uh, all these kind of guys who maybe just he didn't feel suited the system if he was going to call upon them so um, yeah they're another one who will be interesting to to see um, just quite how these guys settle in because like you say it, when you were talking about UV earlier how Sarri didn't really get a chance there and then same at Chelsea it's like well you are clearly committed and they're talking about a new contract already yeah. so yeah. yeah it can only be a good definitely thing. I think
0: you know everybody is quietly hoping that we see see that football that we, we saw at napoli mm-hmm. again yeah. we want you know we, we've not really kind of seen it properly since then um and for me um a really interesting one with lazio is uh, signing alessio romagnoli from milan because he is a self confessed lazio fan he said he started support, yeah. supporting lazio when uh, they won the scudetto in 01 with sven um, and he is somebody whose career has taken a nosedive at, at Milan, um, yeah. and I think it could be good for him and, and good for Lazio to have a player who is clearly capable of excellent football, but he's, he's kind of not been happy at, at Milan, and it, and he's just, well, he's been benched, basically, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. And was it not with Romagnoli before as well? I'm sure he was caught a few years well, during his Roma days, wasn't he? Wearing a wearing a Lazio jersey. So that was uh that was brave of him at the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that the, the derby for him in particular is gonna yeah, gonna be really spicy. But you're right, I mean he's he's obviously a player who's just yeah, just not had his opportunities, maybe he's a little low on confidence, but there's yeah, no doubt that he's still just a, a great talent. And, yeah, I think he'll do really well there. Yeah, that. I think
0: Sari could really resurrect him. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: So, do you think there's anyone else who's had a, like a really excellent or a really poor transfer window other than the teams we've talked about?
1: Well, I think um, Torino's one's been quite bad. Just uh, losing best defender, mm-hmm. best striker, and then the best midfielder and the man who's supposed to be the captain, Sasa Lukic, is basically gone on strike before uh, the start of the season so yeah, that's that's not been an ideal one in terms of poor ones the only other one I'd probably mention I just think has been uh, really interesting is Monza's window who <laughs> yeah. basically just signed a whole new uh, starting lineup, and then I think in the first game of the season it was nine new signings and two of the guys who were already there and it was the two who were already there were probably their better players um, in the game but yeah, Monza's, Monza's interesting, it's just kind of a lot of maybe seasoned, experienced Serie A players like Cragno and Sensi and Piscina, even, um, There's just so many throughout the team. Renocchia obviously, has gone from Inter too. So, yeah, their, their window's been, been interesting. You wonder how, how they'll all manage to gel. Uh, so I've been impressed with their one, but uh, whether it's enough to keep them up and then win the title and get them into the Champions League <laughs> like I think What's uh, wants to re- repeat that
0: blueprint <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so yeah. those were ones that stood out to me I don't know if you had, had different ones that came kind out of, for a good or bad I guess who who's kind of stood out
0: yeah I think all teams in Serie A they sign just loads of players don't they, they just Bring in, yeah. they just they just bring in. I don't know, twenty players and and some of them like on loan and stuff, and then they just see which ones stick.
1: Who you know you'll never see. Yeah, exactly. Ever wear, wear the
0: jet? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of the middle clubs, there's a lot of players who you've never seen before, um, and like maybe one in ten could turn out to be the next star. Yeah. But until you've kind of seen them, it's really difficult to to say. Um, you know who who's who's going to work out and who's not um i think like you say with Monza i think Galliani has called in a load of favors from his yeah, his connections absolutely. hasn't he in Serie A yeah. um yeah. but yeah i think just just another really fascinating season and uh yeah. yeah looking forward to to seeing how it plays out because like you say i think there are quite a few potential challenges this year um, they always talked about seven sisters, didn't they, in the past? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, um, it's kind of getting back. It
1: is, way. yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I forgot to add, actually, just selfishly, I probably should say it. it's good that uh, Serie A, just for my own personal lost one Scottish player, probably the best one um, that was in the league. And Aaron Hickey, mm-hmm. obviously, leaving Bologna, but they've replaced the league's replaced them with two more now. You've got Lewis Ferguson's. Went to Bologna and then Josh Doig, who is a really uh, interesting, really versatile like, young defender, has gone to Verona. So I'd be quite interested to see if if he um, manages to kind of have the, a similar impact to Hickey. I don't think he's probably not rated as highly as Hickey, but um, yeah, he's he's an exciting one to watch. So it's good to have, and obviously Liam Henderson still in the league mm-hmm. at, uh, at Empoli. So. Yeah, it's good to see uh, quite a lot of Scottish players in the league mate. I'm quite excited. Yeah,
0: what well, I mean, what do you make of that connection? Do you think um do you think they, there's been some sort of links made there? The fact that um was a lot of well, we're seeing more Scottish players move move abroad to Italy.
1: Yeah, and I think it's weird that a lot of them seem to it seems to trace back to just when Henderson initially got his move and anyone that's, that's kind of moved since just seems to talk about when the the interest has kind of surfaced that a lot of them seem to have just went to him and, and kind of spoke to him um about the league and about the culture and he really anytime you see him even interviewed about it, he can't speak highly enough of probably one of the best things he's did. I mean, you could stay in Scotland and not not the greatest climate and food and all of this kind of thing. Or you could go to and Experience this. I'm all for these guys going out there and um, and doing it. Like you, you only have to see how how well Aaron Hickey did, and he was he was being linked to to so many teams um, across the continent even after just two seasons at Bologna. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. To be honest, it was it was a real shame. I was quite disappointed to see him swap um, Bologna for Brentford, even if it's just. A lifestyle choice. I know which one I'd probably yeah. <laughs> uh, prefer to live in, yeah. but I mean for his career and being in the Premier League and stuff. But yeah, just it's, it's just just uh, enjoying having having them there to to watch.
0: Yeah, them. I mean I thought it was it was quite brave of Aaron Hickey to at his age because he was yeah, only him in really young, yeah. wasn't he when he when he went to yeah. Bologna? And it's not like he's going to um like a, a, a Milan or a Roma. He's going to like a, a mid table club um yeah. where they're not going to have the same um facilities for like speaking english or you know exactly um, yeah I, th- I think it was a really bold move and it cl- it's clearly like massively what? paid yeah. off for him
1: yeah even playing under Mihailovic. yeah that exactly age, that is a that is a scary prospect yeah. for any player exactly. but even yeah even for a kid yeah
0: yeah, yeah. R- really uh impressed with that and hope to see the other scottish players do well too Let's hope so. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to do a little bit of fun at the end of these uh, Serie podcasts. podcasts. Um, we're going to have a retro question and a bit of a trivia question as well. Um, so today's retro question I'm going to put to you is, um, who was better, original Ronaldo or Gabriel Batistuta? Nice, easy one for you.
1: Nice, nice <laughs> easy one. Well, I don't know whether just to go... Ronaldo because uh, I can strongly guess what, what your uh, answer <laughs> might be and it might be, it m- might not be ideal to have both of us saying the same but I mean, who, who wouldn't love a, a batty goal love because yeah, I mean for me, um, I think Ronaldo obviously the, the, the better player of the two and if you factor in the whole career but just for the impact and stuff in Italy I mean, I think if you asked any even just football fan to what their memory or whatever would be of Syria in the 90s, you would just immediately think of that jersey, the mm-hmm. Nintendo and Batistuta and the machine gun celebration and the rocket of a of a shot that he had. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, you, I could just watch the guy all day, just an unbelievable um, talent. For me, anyway, I would, I would have to go there. And I'm sure you can give even greater reasons as to why a <laughs> batty goal is the correct answer to well, this question. Yeah, but
0: I'm not as biased as you might think, because these are actually two of my favourite players of, of all time, really. I think, yeah. you know, the uh, watching Ronaldo, um, you know, I, growing up, I was just frequently gobsmacked, really, by, by his speed, by, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, his finishes and... Um, you know i think in his early career in particular how explosive he was um just an amazing talent but obviously for for as a as a favorite then batistuta you know he could, he could score with his left his right his head um you know he he's he could not only score those rockets that you can spend hours watching on youtube yeah. <laughs> um but just you know he he knew where the goal was he he would score however however whatever it took um there's obviously that famous one against arsenal from a really tight angle yeah. but he yeah. could make it go in from from anywhere really whether it was from close range or from long range um with whatever part of his body um he could he could just do it all and yeah two two amazing players really from
1: yeah almost impossible to pick yeah, it really it is, is. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah it was a bit a bit of a, a trick one that for the first one um <laughs> <laughs> okay so i've got a trivia question so chiro immobile scored his 183rd goal in serie a at the weekend and he's closing in on some of the other players in the top scorer charts um can you name the 11 that are Above him,
1: I'm definitely going to come armed with a, a tough one in response now. Next week, uh, <laughs> for, for this one, um, well, I think I can net Sylvia Piola's number yep. one, right? Yep. And then Totti, number two. Yeah, uh, after that, it starts to get difficult. Um, is, is Di Natale yep. in there? Yes, uh, Del Piero. Yep.
0: Del Piero oh. is only just above him now. Actually, he's he's oh. he's got five more than Immobile.
1: Oh, there we go. Six more goals and Chiro Immobile is a better player than <laughs> Del Piero. <laughs> Magnificent. Um, yeah, yep. and then now, now I'm starting. And you struggling? Starting to struggle. Uh, one of the one of the Swedes at Milan, Nordal yep. The yeah, there. he's there. That was a good one. Right, right now, I'm now I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, a, I can give you a hint. Or oh, please, always. Hence, always. Welcome. <laughs> one
0: is uh, a famous stadium is named after him.
1: Ah, oh, me yeah oh, yeah. Thank God I didn't say Olympic. <laughs> there. That do, that so you got really the top bad. four. You got the top four. Top four. Um, Oh, must be another old school. That Not that Amadei, no? This, no, he's not in no. It. No, yeah. I think he was like the youngest or something. All the records, the older I get, all the records start to it's get... Blurred into one. Jumbled up. Uh, I take it nobody else that's still playing that. Oh, uh, no. No. Oh, a tricky one, this. How many more do I still need uh,
0: One, two, three, four...
1: Oh, uh, Gigi Riva no. no oh two strikes one more and I'm out I think <laughs> um, Sandro Mazzola no oh, don't do you think want me so, to give I'm you not, yeah. shall I give you them
0: so uh, obviously like you said top is Silvio Piola then we've got Totti and Nordahl and Miazza all who you you all got then a random one Jose Altafini ah indeed then Di Natale, Baggio, Kurt Hamrin. Um, ah, yeah, yes. one Don't one from way back, no. That. Um Level with Del Piero, which i always think is quite surprising, is Beppe Signori. Ah, that is.
1: Surprising, it is, isn't actually. it?
0: Yeah. Um and uh then just just above Immobile with one eight seven is Oh, Yeah, which is another quite surprising one I would say.
1: Yeah, that is surprising. I, I just you always kind of think of him as like when he was at Parma, and he was going to be a superstar who scored twenty five goals every season, and then never really panned out. Still, obviously, a, an amazing player, but that that's an interesting one. I didn't think was yeah. that high. Yeah,
0: but actually, interestingly, Immobile only needs sort of. Twenty six more goals, which is quite achievable. But we could do that this season to yes. to overtake Badjo and and go into
1: seventh. So oh.
0: yeah, in, interesting one to look out for this season, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, that. Right, sorry. Go on. What a quick bet then before the end. You think he'll do it? Oh, yes or no? we? yeah. Uh, Twenty six.
0: Like I'm gonna say yes.
1: Oh, I think I agree. I think he's he's capable. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll
1: see it. Come armed with a a difficult (laughs) one next week as well. That's for sure. Right. Although that wasn't too bad. That was. (laughs)
0: Um, So yeah, just a reminder um, that those of you in the UK and Ireland can see um, Inter's game versus Spezia uh, on Saturday evening, and also that we've got highlights and goals uh, for all of you in that region as well on the One Football app. Um, And that's about it for us. So thanks very much for joining us and. We'll speak to you again soon.